What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and this is another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. We're going to preview the season finale, the regular season finale. Hopefully there's more games after this, but the regular season finale between the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. As always, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN, get 20% off your entire order and free shipping. And of course, prize picks. Go to prize picks, use promo code 5FIVE. You deposit $100, they give you $100. It's a one time rollover, which means you bet it through once, you get the $100. So, in other words, they're giving you $100 to sign up. So, take it. And of course, Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com slash the number five reasons, and they give you $25 just for signing up. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. So, I, but I'm going to start. I always start with Simon. I always want to get his perspective first, but I'm going to get Chris's perspective on this first. Eric Fisher just went on IR. He was signed three weeks ago. Okay. He has not suited up. He's had one week of practice. His contract terminates on February the 10th. He was paid $2.6 million in cash, and he had a salary of $1.1 million. So, Chris, are the Miami Dolphins laundry money through the, the salary cap in the NFL? You know, if you just if you want to launder money, then do it like everybody else does and buy a, buy a coin laundry, uh, um, you know, uh, shop. Yeah, it's kind I, of I, I, I don't understand this one. Uh, you know, the, the, the idea is what I hear is that, you know, he, he strained his calf and practice or something. And, and so, you know, which has been suggested is, is the sort of thing that happens when you're not really in, in, you know, when you're not really in football shape and then you try to be in football, you try to play football, but, um, 
I don't understand it because that you know there are there are a lot of things about the salary cap that he you know as 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 much as I have learned about the salary cap over the years and and try and you know tell everybody when when we're talking about manipulating the salary cap and accrual accounting and stuff like that. There are some things with respect to, you know, partial seasons and when you've only really been on a roster for three weeks or something, stuff like that, that I don't, I don't know how much the numbers are being prorated. Um, but <laughs> if, if he got two and a half million dollars to just be here for three weeks and go on IR, never suit up, never, you know, play it down, never do anything. And that is that that is absolutely ludicrous. That is that is a huge black eye uh, to me. I mean, uh, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't use the word huge, but I mean, it's still it's a black it's a black eye to the uh, to the general managing of the franchise. That's you know, just think about like all the the players. It's like you know, we offer them eight million dollars, and and they you know they want ten million dollars, and so they go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like in free mm. agents, yeah. That two and a half million is that, you know, that, that two and a half million is the difference between actually getting a player like that and, and ab- absolutely not, <laughs> you know? So I believe that's I what it would have cost them to pay off Jason Sanders for the year. Right. If they would have cut him like four weeks ago. Right. I believe I, I that's the number. I, I I don't know. I mean, because that's, that's not actual, that's not actual cash money though, is it? Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, if we're talking about if we're talking about just expensing money that's already been paid, that's a different that's a different thing. I mean, this is worth worth two and a half million dollars of of actual money changing hands is uh is a big deal. You know, that's not that's not nothing. And and the guy has done nothing, absolutely nothing. You know, so is this just a down payment on him being here next year? um maybe but he better be if not if not like you know how how do you look at your general manager and say what in the hell are you doing you know it's it's astounding it's astounding it really really is and we move on from one astounding thing unless you have a comment on this simon you have a comment on on eric fisher's uh heist here in miami the last Um, time I think three things. One is that I'd like to see the the small print on the contract because I can't think that they wouldn't have something about injuries written into it, given his injury history and therefore him walking out the possibility of him, you know, breaking a toenail on the first day and still walking out the door with $3 million worth of swag in his back pocket probably strikes me as unlikely and a pretty horrendously bad business decision. And I know I've been critical of the general manager, but I'm not sure that would be a thing necessarily. I think Chris, Chris's point is really pertinent actually about him being here next year. And if he is walking out the, the door with the bag of swag, then perhaps it is a down payment for next year. But then I would almost also countenance that with on Sunday, I thought Kendall Lamb played really well at left tackle. Didn't give up a single pressure, looked mm-hmm. really comfortable. And it almost makes you think like, oh, if we did pay that 3 million and then Kendall Lamb came in and played really well, you kind of, you know, Kendall Lamb looked to me like somebody that you'd absolutely develop as a potential left tackle to you know, if Toronto Armstrong went down, finally it looked like we had a guy that completely knew how to, you know, completely knew how to soak up pressure. Used his arms, used his weight, used his, you know, in terms of sinking his hips and uh, and allowing pressure into him, but then not being moved back. So, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I think I go back to point number one, which is I'd like to see the the small print in the contract to really feel like he walked out the door with three million dollars. And 
now we're going to talk about another guy who walked out of the door with somewhere roughly around $14 million. And that's Byron Jones. Today, Sam Madison put on a masterclass in passive aggressive talk when he said, oh, some cornerbacks, you know, uh, fight through injuries and other ones, other ones choose not to. And then, <laughs> and then the very next breath, He's asked about Byron Jones, and he go, and he says, "I think he could have helped us this year." And then he says, "Oh, I haven't spoken to him in a month." So, I guess they they, they sent uh, Sam Madison out there with the word. I was told, and I guess I can reveal this now since it was reported. I reported it about four weeks ago. They wanted him on that plane. They needed him on that plane going out west. And if he was not on that plane, meaning he would have made his debut against the Packers. Then you know something obviously went wrong. What did you, uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Simon? Unless Chris, you want to go first. You want to go first on on Byron, or I hate it with Simon. Uh, you, you know what? I think you you've had the most pertinent information all along, and only things about um about where where he's at, what he's expected to do, what the what the Dolphins expect of him, and and you know basically, and and when those deadlines have passed, and when those those uh, moments have passed um you know what that means what what that the implications are of that and and so i think that you've you've been through that and um and i think that you know it's nice it's nice to know now that or it's nice to be seen to see it publicly now that yeah absolutely they did expect him to go go west yeah can i can i just say something in defense though of byron jones in that look this is an athlete right who his entire career is predicated on moving in directions that most of us, you know, do not do. Um, and, you know, Byron Jones moves back, backwards faster than most of us move forwards, right? His mm. whole career is predicated on planting his feet in the ground, changing direction, covering guys like Stefan Diggs. And oh, he's, he's, he's 1% of the 1%, his combine. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, yeah, he's, you know, he's like an Olympic-level yeah. athlete. Yeah, no, absolutely. He is an Olympic-level freak and athlete. You go back and look at his combine numbers, you, you know, they are freak numbers, okay? Miami fans don't like to hear this, all right? Um, they think that, you know, and it goes back to, you know, you can go back and look at entertainers in history in terms of, you know, they're only there to entertain us if they're, you know, bouncing a ball and playing a drum and, and, and those sorts of things, all right? Uh, and I think if you play that forwards to today, the majority of fans don't want to hear that the guy's not, you know, even with regards to the terrible thing that happened with DeMar Hamlin this week, it doesn't matter whether it's Hamlin or anybody else, you know, what have you done for me lately kind of attitude, right? And if, if a guy is going to blow out his knee, he's going to blow out his knee. It's tough shit. It's not my knee. It's his knee. It's, you know, he needs to get out there. He needs to get out there. He needs to get out there. Now, I can obviously see it from the Miami Dolphins point of view, but I can also see it from the from, from Byron Jones's point of view in terms of, look, he clearly does not feel comfortable with something to do with his Achilles or whatever else has happened because there is, they have obviously talked about him having a subsequent injury. Now, if he's going to spend his entire career at age, what is he, 29, 30? Um, you know, he probably wants to continue playing. I don't I don't understand the sort of the negative. I can understand the disappointment, and the frustration from Dolphins fans. But I can also feel a little bit of sympathy for Byron Jones thinking, you know, what? I don't want to go out there and essentially ruin my career knowing that there is something. The only person that knows their their body is the athlete, right? And it's all well and good for Sam Madison to come out and go, well, you know, some players play through it and some players don't. And that sort of weird passive aggressive shit that, that, that sports teams do when they, you know, somebody is hurt, but they're not, you know, that, 
unless they're on crutches or in a wheelchair, it's kind of like, oh, this guy's like dogging it or whatever. So I kind of feel. But to be fair, to be fair, Sam Madison doing it gives it a little bit more weight, right? No, I, no? no it, I don't think it does. Why does it? Well, he, he played a thousand years. He played Sorry, a thousand that doesn't years. matter. I don't, I don't think that matters. One iota. He's now a coach. Sam, Sam Madison is his coach. I mean, he, he has he has every his job to, to say what. That. And he has every reason to know not only what the challenges are that Byron Jones is facing, but also, also, you know, given the level of player he was at that position over his career, like, listen, the Dolphins gave him 14 million reasons to suck it up. Yeah, but it still doesn't mean to say he should do it. Yeah, actually, it does. No, I don't think. Why, why yeah, does it? it? Does. Why should you pay the guy 14 million dollars? You suck it up. I mean, and then what if he what if he tears his Achilles and never plays again on the first play? What if? That'd what be... if? What if? I mean, are you saying that we can go out there? We should just be paying guys fourteen million dollars, and then there's just like not going to play because what if? You know, what if I what if I yeah, but, you know, tear it, my Achilles? But there's he clearly feels an issue with his Achilles. I mean, I just don't see that where. I mean, what what possible benefit has Byron Jones got for sitting out? What does he gain? By not putting out bad tape so that he can get a good contract next he's year. He's still got three years left on his Miami contract. Yeah, but he's not going to be here. And we know. And we still I, I quite, he's still, t- I just, I, I just find that, like, if, if he's going to put in inverted commas bad tape, or like, do coaches not talk? Do, you know, are they not going to get to the combine and go, oh man, Byron Jones was an absolute, you know, whether it's bad tape or bad conversations, th- there's still going to be a, an, an attitude around Byron Jones. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand that a guy should, he's not a piece of meat. If he doesn't feel as if he can trust his Achilles tendon, which he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life and maybe limping or, you know, never being able to walk properly or never being able to play the game that he loves anymore. I I, I just don't really buy it or understand that kind of mentality that just makes it, we've paid you this money, you need to play, even though you're going to end up a cripple. I, to me, I mean, that might just be where I come from, but I just, I just don't understand that mentality at all. I think if he plays, if he's healthy, but if he doesn't feel like he's healthy or if he can put his foot in the ground and think my Achilles is going to go because it just doesn't feel right, I think he has the right not to be able to play. I don't think he's like a piece of meat who should just be wheeled out there and have to like, you know, blow your leg up, blow your knee off. It's it's, it's fine. It's just tough shit. You just, you've been paid the money. You've got to do it. I just don't see that that's the, that's the mentality. I just don't understand that. But that's, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of fans that are going to disagree with me, but I just don't. I just don't feel like he should be forced to go out there. If he doesn't feel like he should be playing because he doesn't feel 100%, that to me is, look, something may come out, but uh, to me that just doesn't make any sense that you're just saying, okay, just chuck your career away, mate. Because That's, that's, that's fine. That's money. fine. That's fine. Give back the money. Well, I mean, that, that may happen. But the, also, he doesn't have to give back the and money. And that may that's happen. Not, that, that that's may not happen. how contracts work. So, so I mean, the idea is that you, you can, as long as the contract says that you keep the money, you get to just steal the money and not, not just. I don't think he's you know stealing I mean? the money, is he? I mean, he's. Well, what has he done? Uh, well, I mean, you're clearly not going to come around to this point. So we're just going to go back and forth, back and forth, back. And forth. I do not think that somebody who feels physically unable to perform should be forced to go out and perform like some sort of performing chimp if he doesn't feel 100%, whether he's in paid money or not. Well, listen, I, I'm, I'm I mean, playing a little devil's advocate here. I mean, there, we don't know. We don't actually know. There's a no, lot we, we don't. don't know. But I do, not think for, I do not think for one second, as some fans believe, is that he's just sacked the season off. I, I, yeah, what that, we do know is this. Look, and, and this was all 
all on OnlyFans. Uh, you could go on OnlyFans on the Discord. Uh, you know, check out our three yards per carry Twitter account. It has all the information there. Uh, you could now sign up directly on Discord. Three dollars a month. Sorry, uh, how much? Three dollars a month. A day? No. A, a, day, a week? No. A it, fortnight. It, it's actually worth a week, but no, a month. That's three hundred days. Sometimes there's months that have thirty-one days. There's one in particular that has twenty-eight days. Was that three hundred dollars a month? Did you say? No, three dollars <laughs> a month. And it was reported there a very long time ago by me that okay, he was expected for week one. You know, I don't. I'm not really reporting anything right there. You could have watched all the press conferences all throughout training camp and all throughout OTAs with Mike McDaniel uh, telling Barry uh, Barry Jackson. Uh, yeah, I have no level of concern that he will not be here for week one against the Patriots. That turned out to be a mistake by the team as Byron Jones was not ready to play for week one against the Patriots. He could not pass a strength test, so they could not activate his 21-day window. He was then expected and be ready to practice by week six, which would have been for the Steeler game at home, which would, it would have been a pretty nice debut. It would have had Tua coming back and would have had Byron Jones in uniform for the first time in the season, he had a setback, which they also acknowledged that, you know, it was a setback in his rehab, and he subsequently failed strength tests. So he was not going to be ready for week six. He was, however, expected to be on the plane out west, and therefore activating his 21-day window, which would have meant he would have debuted against the Green Bay Packers at home. That was two weeks ago. That did not happen. And then all of this came out today. So he's evidently, as of right now, three weeks overdue. And obviously, you know, he's done for the year. He will not he will not be in uniform this year. And that saga will continue in February when they, they'll, they'll clearly make some, some choices as far as what they're going to do with him, his position, and his money. But moving on, and then we're going to talk about the game. Uh, Mike Lennon is is in town now, Chris. Um, and never thought it would come to town. This. Apparently, his body hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> yeah, his neck made the flight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chris Greer is really putting his neck on the line with this one, right? Um, next, next man up, as Alex would say. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I never, I never thought it would come to this, but we're here. Uh, a Mike Lennon sighting. Is it as simple as they picked the wrong backup quarterbacks this year? Because it's been two years of this crap. They're one and eight without Tua Tungvaluwa. And it was suggested to me, well, you keep getting guys that don't have the proper skill set for, for the scheme or, or the offense, and therefore that's your result. Uh, but why do these guys keep looking as bad as they do every single time that they line up? Uh, I guess I'll start with you, Chris. Like, and, and, and it's not as simple as to say, oh, these are backups, so they suck. Everybody else wins games with backup quarterbacks, except the Dolphins. They lose. Yeah, but I think I think it's as I said. I, I think when we talked about it before, it's not it's not that they suck that much. It's it's that the team is not as good, you know. And and that's that's the the relevant point. I mean, we've we've had we've had backups try and come into the game at points of the season. Like think about when the backups came and they came into this into the uh, fray last year. Jacoby Brissett was speaking about. Um, he doesn't suck. Uh, he was good this like, year, really good this year. I mean, he's 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 a decent backup quarterback. I think he's shown that. 
but when did he come in? He came in at a time when the defense was quite frankly awful. You know, they, they went through what well, it was like seven games of really, really bad play. And, um, and then they, I think there was a stretch of, of nine games uh, where, you know, I think Barry Jackson has pointed this out where uh, they've largely kept the defense intact, including all the coaches and, and the, um, or almost all the coaches and, uh, and, and the players because of the promise of a nine game stretch where, you know, this is supposedly the identity of the defense, not the seven games prior where they sucked, you know? Like, and, and what we have found instead this year is that, you know, that was, that was probably more or less just a, a, a stretch happenstance. It was coincidence. There was a stretch of, of nine games, you know, maybe, maybe six or seven of which they had good games and, um, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, and, and you, this is why you tend, you have to look at these things on the whole, you have to take these things fully on balance and not. Uh, you know, um, and uh, and I think that we've had situations this year included where our backups have come in and just we've seen um, play from the rest of the team, including the defense, but also including members of the offense that didn't hold up. And you know what? Hey, that also happened. Now we also saw it. We happened. It happened when Tua was there, too. You know, so it, it's not some magical thing. You know, and it's not the backup quarterbacks. We, uh, although I'll, I'll accept Skylar Thompson from this because, frankly, he's a seventh round or sixth or seventh round, whatever he is. He's a rookie, and um, and you know, some people didn't even think that he should be draftable. Um, and he did have a hell of a preseason, and you got to give him that. But uh, but you know, Skylar Thompson, he goes out there and he sucks. Well, <laughs> that's normal. What Brock Purdy is doing is not normal, right? No. You know, so. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's quite normal. So let's accept him. Let's take him as an exception out of this. Um, but you know what Teddy Bridgewater has done out there, you've got a com you got a combination of things. You got one, they've played four games where the guy who played the, uh, who started the game and got the game planning all week and took all the, the practice reps, uh, only played, you know, half of the game or less. Right. And, uh, and then the guy, you know, the backup who get, got less reps in practice and didn't have the game plan formed around them has to come in there and finish the game. And that's, that's a major, that's a major influence on this. Um, and then you've got, uh, you've got, as I said, the, the, the team is just not as good, you know, so it, it's not some magic thing about who's at quarterback sometimes, sometimes it's just, you know, whether the team is the rest of the team is playing is it's consistent and they're not. So, um, and then, uh, and then you got Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, maybe, maybe he did just have a few bad plays here and there or something like that. I don't, I don't think it's a thing, you know, I, I think it's, um, I think there's just a, there's just a lot, there's a lot to take account of. Cool. So Simon, is it as simple as that? They picked the wrong guys. Teddy's done. Skyler's a, a rookie and maybe he's not so great. No, look, I, I, or is there I, another I, formula here? I no, I just go back to I just go back to what I always say, which is that there aren't enough good starting quarterbacks in the NFL, let alone backups. When you have a really good one, you keep them, and that's what the Dolphins did, for example, with Matt Moore during the Ryan Tannehill era, and we won games with Matt Moore. And it's just just so happens that you know, that especially in this specific system, it's very hard to win if you don't have the sort of superpowers that our starting quarterback does have, um, because the 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 system is so 
dangerously predicated on accuracy and timing and quick release and those sorts of things, which is not necessarily a Teddy thing. Um, and also, you know, failing health. Um, we mentioned it on the Monday podcast, but I think, you know, having Skyler be the starter through the week is going to be really beneficial. Uh, I think it works to his strengths. I think he'll be okay on Sunday, actually. Um, you know, you're going up against the, the fourth best defense in the league, the number two pass rated defense. So you'd hope that the, the run game is absolutely on point. Um, but look, there's a reason why Dallas keep Cooper Rush around because he wins games because he's a decent player. There's there's a reason why. And like, like you talk about Brock Purdy, but actually what Brock Purdy does really well is run the system that Carl, the, the version of the system that Kyle Shanahan um, employs. He also runs that really well because a lot of his skill set fits what he does. He's got a quick brain. He's got a quick release. He processes really well. And what he's doing with the 49ers shouldn't be a shock to anybody who watched him for, for four years at Iowa State. Yes, he could be a bit inconsistent, especially in the last 18 months or so, but he was a, he's an absolute gamer. He's got a load of moxie. And in his first couple of years at, at Iowa State, I thought he'd end up being a, you know, at worst, a day two quarterback. Um, so I'm not actually that shocked by what he's doing. Um, I think you've just got to find a good backup quarterback and uh, if you can, but in the knowledge that there aren't that many good starters out there. So finding a precious backup is um, is difficult. And in terms of Teddy, he's done in Miami. I don't think he's done around the NFL because for the reasons that I've just stated in terms of not enough good good players and he can come in and play, he can come in and hold down a position. You know, this scheme does not fit his skill set perfectly, but, you know, as a placeholder, as somebody who can come off the bench when, a, you know, a Kirk Cousins or whoever is injured, then obviously you can see that. Yeah, what's just odd is that they've started three games with backup quarterbacks, and all three games, the backup, the guy who started could not finish yeah. in all three yeah. games. And it was obviously a detriment to all three games as far as winning those games. Like, who knows? Maybe they win two out of those three. Maybe they win with just one. And if they win with just one, that would have been enough. All yeah. right, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll actually talk about this game. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. And I have Simon here, but Chris can't be with us right now. He's tending to something elsewhere. Simon, after all of this crap for the last for the last five weeks, this epic collapse historic collapse actually uh i was arguing this week it's you know it's an awful thing you know that you have to be sitting there and and start arguing with uh, a beat writer over which is the bigger collapse in dolphin history was it 1993 or this year if it's completed uh by the way where do you stand on that was it 1993 or is it this year Uh, i think it was i can't remember what i said now i think it was this year yeah i was going back and forth with with dave hyde on that uh, he thinks it was 1993. In my opinion, this is worse. <laughs> okay, in 1993, uh, Shula managed to go five and one without Dan Marino, and then the collapse came. Uh, that team was relatively healthy outside of the quarterback, but this team—it was just like a switch. A switch was turned on. We're going to go from top of the league to falling completely apart. So this was a little bit, this one has a little bit more broader spectrum of injuries, but this one feels worse. And I, and I live through both. So this one does feel much worse. So through all of that, all they need is for the Buffalo Bills to do what they normally do, which is beat up on the New England Patriots. Um, by the way, great news on DeMar Hamlin. The news is getting better by the second almost. Yeah. Uh, especially today uh, on Thursday, uh, we woke up this morning to news that um, he was mostly breathing on his own. He was actually squeezing hands. And then those magic words, you know, that you always wanted to hear, which is that his neuro, uh, what was the, the term that they use? Uh, neurologically sound or neurologically intact. Or intact. intact. Yeah. They said intact. Once you hear neurologically intact, you know, how much better can you get? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like neurologically intact, it just seems like that guy will be, you know, not that I'm saying this, but it feels like, okay, he'll be back, back at practice in a couple of weeks. You know, he, he'd be back, yeah. back to normal. So the news is getting better by the second. We expect the Bills to demolish the Patriots on, on Sunday. They're just better. It's there's We saw the Patriots. They're not a good football team. We just happen to be worst on that day on their home field. And we did everything that they need for you to do for them to defeat you, which is turn the ball over and especially allow them to score on defense or special teams. And then that was it. You lose the game by two points. You're facing a weaker team and you have to beat them and you get into the playoffs. And theoretically, you could have your quarterback back for the first round of the playoffs. 
And then you could get actually a good assessment of the team, see how they play against a really top opponent, because it'll be the Kansas City or Buffalo, maybe possibly Cincinnati in the first round. So you're going to get a great opponent on the road. You know, so you get you get to right a lot of wrongs, but you have to win this game. And needless to say, confidence is not high, but this is not a good opponent. It's been a very, very weird week in Las Vegas. Dolphins open as three-point favorites. It quickly tanked to the Jets being one-and-a-half-point favorites. And then it's reversed almost five points in a day. And it seems like it's this new Mike White news that he could possibly not play, which would mean that Chris Strebler would start, or possibly Joe Flacco. Who knows who the hell would start. So what do you make of this matchup? Because normally, like, you know, We'd be high fiving right now, like, okay, this, you know, this is a formality, but confidence is not high, Simon. So, what do you make of the matchup, especially with a Jet team that has nothing to play for? Their coach might even possibly be fired, and and their injury report looks ominous. Their entire offensive line on the injury report not practicing. Odd, right? Yeah, it's um. They've got nothing to play for. I'm sure the Jets would like nothing more than to spoil the party. I was worried about the Buffalo situation, but I think Buffalo win by about 60. The atmosphere in that stadium will be unbelievable and the emotion. And I think if the news hadn't been quite as good in the last 12 hours, then I could see that going the opposite direction. But I just think Miami will have too much. uh, Buffalo will have too much and the crowd will just carry them. Um, I think the Dolphins should beat the Jets, quite frankly, especially at home. I think the Jets are very good. I do think they're very good on defense. And this is where obviously missing Tua is an issue. I, I would hope Mike McDaniel has a couple of ring calls, whether that's some wildcat, whether that's some, I'll just be pounding the ball, pounding the ball, pounding the ball, get Skyler moving, get Skyler moving, using his legs to pick up first downs, some cheap, easy wins, throwing the ball. Um, you know, uh, are we going to have to start the, the Coleman kid at left tackle that we signed today? Because, you know, Armstead can't go. Um, who knows? But it's... um. Yeah, it's kind of feels like balls out. It feels like Bradley Chubb will play. It feels like Xavier Howard will play. Not so sold that, that Armstead will play. Um, but yeah, I think the Dolphins will win this. And I think they'll win it by just by doing what Mike McDaniel hasn't really done, which is committing to the run game. I think you've just got to keep pounding the ball. You've got to be patient. You've got to be patient um, and pick up the yards where you can through the air. And whether that's, you know, whether that's just doing again doing things that we haven't done so much getting the tight ends involved drag routes screens all those sorts of things rather than trying to get him to throw outside the numbers to throw down the field it's just picking up those easy little you know things we're doing earlier in the season um and i think defensively will hold up because whether it's chris strebler or zach wilson or joe flacco i just don't think the jets will have enough yeah and it's it's do you consider it a little odd that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are openly lobbying through the media to return kickoffs this week? Yeah, kickoffs and punts. Yeah, I just think look, they just want them to get you know field position, and you look at you know obviously it's a risk because of who they are and the, what they mean to the team. But you know you go back and look at what they can do with the ball in their hands. You go back and look at Jalen returning kicks and punts for touchdowns at Alabama. Tyreek Hill, the most explosive player in the league. So, you know, if we can just crack something open, we can pick up the, you know, get the ball in plus territory because of a 30-yard punt return or whatever. Nothing against Cedric Wilson, who's done a fine job, but, you know, it's just, you know, when you've got a special player, you kind of, uh, it's got to be balls out. There's no there's no week 19 if if they don't win. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, still a cliche, but it's all or nothing, you know, they've got to go for it. There has to be an offense, right? There's an offense, when you have skilled players like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, there has to be some type of gimmick offense you can go to that 
can keep you competent, or let's just say keep you scoring at the league average, which is about 22 points a game. Yeah. Like there has to be something, and and, and it's time to find it, right? That, do you think that what you saw against the Patriots when Skylar Thompson came into the game, did that leave you – did that give you a sense of confidence that Mike McDaniel will find that type of offense? No, because they took – I thought he took way too many check downs at a point where we didn't need them. Um, and I think if you go back to – I would base my feelings on Thompson on uh, looking at the Minnesota game before he hurt his hand in that game uh, because I thought actually played with some freedom, played with some confidence. He was throwing the ball around the yard. He was picking up, you know, and actually what hurt the team was was penalties. You know, there, mm-hmm. was, there was that drive where he kept making big completions. We got down inside the five. We had the, the big holding penalty that was brought back. He was chucking the ball around the yard. And, uh, you know, um, I, I think... Um, I think if you go back to that, Skylar Thompson, I, I think that will be that will be fine. And that, look, you've got to pick up the matchups. You know, Gardner obviously the, the the two kids on the outside, but Lamarcus Joyner was ruled out last week, early in the week. He had the hip injury against Seattle, um, or was ruled out this week, early in the week. Um, and you're going to have an undrafted rookie, Tony Adams, who's going to see extended time in his place. So, you know, and if Mike White does play, you know, he's got two broken ribs. He might wear a flat jacket, but you know, let's you know, you don't want to be headhunting, but you know, let's make let's make that hurt. You know, let's, you know, let's get to the quarterback. Let's get in his face. Let's make him worry all those sorts of things. So yeah, I, I just don't see a scenario where the dolphins do. I, I actually, you know, I said on the Monday program, um, I didn't think the dolphins were going to make the playoffs. Actually, I kind of feel like we are going to make the playoffs. I think we'll beat the jets and I think Buffalo will beat the Patriots and we will end up going probably to Kansas city um, in the first weekend, depending on what the NFL decides to do, but it feels like that's, that's the destiny. Yeah, and if you look at it, it's 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 kind of odd, right? Because it seems like that game is is dead. Like Bengals Bills might be dead, which means if we're just gonna go with win percentage, then and let's say everything just goes on as planned. You know, the, the Chiefs beat the the Raiders, and let's face it, it's Stidham, it's not Derek Carr, and. And I know somebody out there saying, wait a minute, is this guy like touting Derek Carr? Yeah, Derek Carr versus Kansas City. He sees Kansas City, he sees red. I don't know what the hell it is with Derek Carr and the Raiders, but whenever he sees Kansas City, he's like, let's go score 35 points on them. So there is no Derek Carr. So I would expect Kansas City to just lay it on the Raiders. If we go by win percentage, that means the Bills get the two seed, which means the Dolphins would travel to to Buffalo. So it's like, an uh, what do you expect? And I guess we can spend a little time on that. What would you expect them to do in that circumstance? Because it seems like if they do that, they're robbing the Bills of an opportunity to have the one seed. Sorry, what was the question? The fact that if the NFL decides that... If the NFL decides, like it seems they would, that they're going to kill off that Bengals-Bills game. Like it's not going to matter. And they're just going to go by win percentage. That would mean that if the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Raiders, which I expect them to do, like I said, uh, no Derek Carr. Derek Carr seems to have really big games against the Chiefs. Yeah. So there is no danger on Saturday. Chiefs should win that one pretty comfortable against Jared Stidham. That would mean that the Chiefs get the one seed and the Bills, because they get a game taken away from them, have to settle for the two seed. Yeah, I don't see any scenario where that will happen. I don't see any scenario where the NFL ends up screwing over the Buffalo Bills because one of their players almost died on the field. I just uh, and actually, I don't. I don't think Zach Taylor would buy into that. I think the Bengals would say, you know what, <laughs> these are 
circumstances well beyond their control. Let's let's go in as a three seed. It's absolutely fine. And I, I strongly suspect Brett Veach and Andy Reid and everybody at Kansas City would be the same. I just, you know, sometimes things are bigger than sport. And, um, you know, I, I, I just can't see a scenario where Buffalo gets screwed out. You know, after all the goodwill towards the Bills over the last few days, and rightly so, can you imagine a decision by the NFL who'd already, it, there's significant questions about whether or not they were going to force the players to play five minutes after after Hamlin was was taken off the field to turn around and say, oh, sorry, Buffalo, you're not going to be able to play at home now because, because one of your players almost died. So you're going to be the number two seed now. So good luck. And you're going to host the Miami Dolphins and um, you're not going to have the week off. Uh, I just I, I can't see a scenario where that would happen. So what do you think they're going to do? Because uh, it's 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 interesting, right? It'll it'll be the first time in the history of the sport that the team with the most wins and the best winning percentage that can't get the one seed because another team played one game less. How do you think they're going to handle that? Like, um, I mean, I don't know how they're going to handle it. I don't know whether or not I, I, I've seen rumors that the you know they're going to play. Um, that Bengals Bills game next weekend and have the NFC playoffs that weekend and then the AFC wildcard playoffs the weekend after and uh, and eliminate the, the the gap between Super Bowl and and the the championship games. I I, I don't know and you know bigger brains than me are, are currently trying to work that out and um in New York at the moment I, I don't know how it'll be but I just don't think anybody will be able to be in a situation to to turn around and complain. I don't think any of the coaches are going to come out and say this is because the 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 optics are just going to be awful. You know, so I just think, look, there's an asterisk next to how it works because of the the horrendous situation that happened that unfolded for us all to see on Monday night. Yeah, and it's it's just really an odd an odd situation because they they already determined all the games go forward this weekend, but that one will not. Yeah, and they're leaning you toward. You couldn't ask them. You just couldn't ask them to turn around and play again. I just don't think you could. Yeah, I know. Unless they could create some kind of system. The problem is that, you know, the game did happen for the most part. They were almost done through the first quarter and it was 7-3. So do you just scrap that and play an overtime period maybe? Maybe. Or just have two kickers. Just kick. I, I just, I don't know, mate. I, <laughs> have two, I, have I, two I kickers. Kick. Just have a kickoff. As long as they don't have Jason Sanders. Yeah. All yeah, right. Absolutely. Then they'll be screwed. Actually, those are two pretty good kickers. It's it's Bass versus the best in the game, McPherson. Yeah. Like uh, talk about a weapon. That kid for, for the Bengals. Like what a weapon that kid yeah. is. I mean Bass is pretty special as well. So yeah, yeah. No, both field goal kickers are really, really good. Yeah, it's just an odd situation and 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 kind of unfair that you know this is the Bills huge season, and then the NFL might decide. You know, ah, we're going as is. And if we're going as is, then the just Chiefs just it. get the one seed. Yeah, it's just odd. I, I'm very interested to see what they do with this. Yeah, me too. But, but before it's important, you know, the Dolphins got to win this game. So, yeah. you know, we already talked about, you know, when you have a Tyreek Hill and you have a Jalen Waddle, there has to be an offense somewhere where you could get, you know, competent play to get to 20 points. Uh, it's also important to get the, the running game going. And is it just as simple as try to simplify things for Scott Thompson, just get him design passes and just get him not playing beyond what he's capable of doing. Is it just yeah. as simple as that? And then just, you know, just try to play sound defense, get after the football. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. What did you make of uh, Josh Boyer's comments? They're, they're kind of ominous now. Today. I mean, he's got to know that the writing's on the wall, surely. 
Yeah, but that come on. I I, I kind of felt bad for God for the guy. Of course, of course. I mean, he can't help. Them. He says, no matter what happens to me, I'll be all right. Of course, he will be. You know, pick up a job and he'll maybe coaches linebackers for a while, defensive line or whatever. But you know, well, the guy yeah, coached I mean, the guy coached defensive backs for fifteen years yeah. under Belichick. So exactly. you know, I mean, it's a pretty good resume. And you're gonna, you know, wherever you go, you're just gonna say, look, I got absolutely screwed by the fact that five of my six best defensive backs were injured for most of the season. So what can I do? Which is a fair point. Who do you think makes that decision, by the way? Do you think that, that that's from the top and that's Stephen Ross demanding a head on a spike? Or do you think that it's Mike McDaniel that he feels like he was let down by his staff this year and he has to let him go? I think it's McDaniel. I think it's McDaniel. In conversation with the with the GM, I don't think that Ross gets involved like that. So yeah. I thought, you know, Boyer was pretty classy, handled the, you know, what Barry Jackson referred to as a polite pelting today. <laughs> You know, so, <laughs> yes, yeah. I felt bad for him. You know, you know when you feel bad for him when you go on YouTube and and you look and you know before I do this show, I look up at all the the availabilities and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm interested to see what this guy has to say. And every time I see Sam Madison because he seems to have, uh, you know, his tongue is unleashed. It was unleashed when he was a player. It's unleashed as he's as a coach. I saw yeah. Sam Madison, then I saw all his comments. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty passive aggressive stuff on Byron Jones. But then I see you look at all the times right next to the names. And you see Danny Crossman, six minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, Sam Madison, nine minutes, 29 seconds. And then you look at Josh Boyer and it says 15 minutes, 92. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, okay. They they kept him up there and they pelted him with, with questions because they know he's probably dead man walking. Yeah. But Absolutely. yeah, it's just a, you know, it's, it's just an unfortunate situation. And, you know, they're obviously in no matter what happens this year, not barring, Barring anything, I don't think there's there's any way he he can save his job, no matter what they do. Oh, I, I guess go win the Super Bowl. Like yeah. you win you win the Super Bowl, you're gonna you're probably gonna keep your job. But all right, let's t- let's let's pick this game. I'll go first. I think they'll find a way to bore everybody to death, and they'll do what they should have done last week, which is protect the football and be a little bit more conservative. And I think at the end of this thing, we're going to look back and we're going to say, well, we survived this thing. And then next week we'll be talking about, let's put our best foot forward. Let's start our best quarterback. Let's get people healthy. And let's try to give the Chiefs or the Bills or the Bengals a good scare. But I think the Dolphins win this week 19-9. to Yeah, I'm going to say 19-12. So we're pretty close. Yeah, we're right there. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're pretty much right there. Yeah. All right, guys. The next time we talk to you, hopefully we're talking about playoffs. It's been it's been an, an awful five weeks. I can't imagine six weeks and then an off season of this. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so let's hope the Dolphins can pull this off on Sunday. You know, it's not we're not asking them to do too much. Okay, it's it's a bad team at home. Pull it off. We talk playoffs on Monday. But till then. Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.